Populism is the new capitalism. Populism is often seen as a revolt against the social policies of the left, which it largely is. However, this discussion will look at the revolt as a reaction to the attacks against property and property ownership. These attacks have increased as governments have continued their move to the left. Populists believe in property rights, a position that has been associated with capitalism. This linkage was based more on perception than reality. Regardless, it is a position now largely abandoned. Capitalists, in adopting globalism, see the private ownership of property as anachronism. Corporate CEOs and boards favor the corporate ownership model to direct ownership. Shares are more important than deeds to physical property. Globalism has worked to erode borders and destroy the land claims of native settlers. Liberal governments not only reject the importance of property rights, they are steadily abandoning the idea of the nation-state. Socialist governments are more interested in implementing the political agenda of globalism than in protecting traditional concepts of property. Corporatism and the globalist state have eroded the power of the people. If power is a measure of how much property one controls, then by this measure democracy has failed us, capitalism has failed us, as has socialism and all our other ideologies. The value of our property, as a share of the total property available, is in decline. If our property ownership is not increasing, our power is in decline, and if this is so, our civilization is failing. Populism is primarily an association of property owners attempting to reclaim their property rights. Populists fight for the rights of the people, but our central concern is the right of property owners and increasing the level of property ownership. In keeping with the mission of populist organizations, Dexterian is a mission to restore property rights and strengthen the property rights of individuals. We believe capitalism never successfully fulfilled this role and has over the years abandoned all pretense of protecting the rights of property owners. It took many generations for people to acquire enough power to mount a successful challenge against the left. We were slow to realize the problems we faced were primarily problems about property and the ownership of property. We kept permitting those who were supposed to solve our problems to use their positions of authority to leverage property rights from us, the rightful owners. Politicians sold us a bill of goods and made promises they never kept. The pivotal point of a political agenda is the exercise of power, and the exercise of power requires access to property. The power of politicians is dependent on our perception of risk. The level of risk we face defines our willingness to cede our property to them. The greatest threat to political power is a people united and risk eliminated. The contest between politicians and the people is a battle for ownership of property. Most people own nothing outright, and even what is owned is at risk of being lost. The state always exists as a silent partner in all forms of property ownership. We are all familiar with the statistics on the concentration of wealth. The less wealth one has, the greater danger one has of losing it. The National Bureau of Economic Statistics 
tells us that the bottom 90% of Americans owe more than they own. Thus their risk of loss is great, and so they are susceptible to the power of the state. An NBC poll found that 70% of Americans say they feel angry because our political system seems only to be working for the insiders with money and power, like those on Wall Street or in Washington. This anger is a measure of the powerlessness the people feel. A sense of powerlessness is a direct result of poverty. Without property, we have no power. The dissatisfaction with the system exists, irrespective of the person's satisfaction with his own personal position on the socio-economic scale or the performance of the economy. There is a sense that things are not as they ought to be. This deep-seated sense of malaise does not disappear with an improvement in one's own economic situation or the national economic picture. The powerlessness of the people is an event shared by all. We see property around us. We are on paper its owner. We do not have the experience of ownership. The sense of ownership is missing. Ownership is not giving us the satisfaction we think it ought to, because the ownership is not direct and uncontested. There are only two possible ways to solve a problem. We can use the exercise of power or authority over people by controlling the level of ownership people have. Or, property owners can use their property to allocate resources to the problem to effect the solution. Globalism and populism are mutually exclusive approaches to dealing with risk. Globalism is not just about creating a one-world state. It is about concentrating ownership into fewer hands. When two people agree on something, they share a reality. Their usage of property will be complementary. This shared reality is an agreement, a common vision that leads to a common response to a common perception. When many people agree with each other, they create a community. A community is composed of a common reality. The reality exists only to the extent that the people who share it do not doubt the validity of their common perception. The strongest and more resilient communities are founded on truth and logic, not power and law. If we all agree on the solution to a problem, the problem is solved. Problems only exist when people fail to agree on the solution. A solution creates a community designed to solve a problem. This is also called a mission. The formation of a mission dedicated to the elimination of a problem eliminates risk. Risk is created by social division. It is in the rifts created by division that the state is able to exercise its power. To clarify these claims, imagine a community that shares a common response to problems. In this community, a barn belonging to a citizen burns down. When an asset is lost or property destroyed, the community knows this asset has to be replaced. If the community has agreed property is to be replaced when lost, there is no need to use coercion to get the community to build the barn. There is no need for insurance. A barn burns down, so the community comes together and builds the barn as a cooperative response to a loss. If the community agrees the barn was not an asset or thing of value, the barn need not be rebuilt. 
In that case, the community can go about its business and not build the barn. It is when some think the barn needs to be rebuilt and others do not that coercion has to be applied and the perception of risk increases. This is the point at which governments are instituted and property rights rescinded. People accede to the dictates of elites when division has created more risk than will be created by the rule of man by man. Populism is the rejection of the use of power as a response to threats of loss. Populism is the reliance on property rights as a way to achieve objectives. All solutions are ultimately based on the assignment of property to specific application. Problems create the need for specialization and specialization is a unique application of resources to the elimination of risk. Power is an artificial way to force what ought to happen naturally. When social division hinders market operations, threats to assets increase. The widespread dissatisfaction with the present system, with its reliance on experts and authorities, is a rejection of power as a problem-solving mechanism. Expertise is often nothing more than a way to leverage special knowledge into a claim on property. The authority of an economist becomes the power to allocate the disposition of resources belonging to others to the priorities established by his or her expertise. The influence of populist movements is fueled by the realization we need to move beyond authorities and experts. Problems are always solved by assets and their disposition. The best allocation of property is achieved through market mechanisms. Expert opinion can advise and guide, but cannot replace the mechanisms of the market. If power is the problem, it is because of the consequences that flow from the exercise of power. Power disrupts the workings of the market. The exercise of power always increases the level of risk for property holders. Property owners always utilize markets to allocate the disposition of their property. Power always represents a threat of loss or a liability to stakeholders, that is, those with property. Liabilities put assets at risk. When property is subject to liabilities, costs created by one agent are transferred to the account of society and future generations. Externalized costs, by definition, always compromise the property rights of society and future generations. Threats to assets cannot exist unless there are power disparities. Power disparities do not exist when there is accountability. However, when there is accountability, there are no elites. Elites encapsulate the problem of power disparities and risk. Power disparities are the defining feature of the elite or globalist culture. Economics and politics and religion are represented by elites and power disparities. Elites cannot exist without distorting property rights. Elites erode the power of the people and replace cooperation and market activity with law and systems of jurisprudence. Elites and populism are not compatible any more than are communism and markets. One requires power disparities 
and the other exists in a culture of cooperation. We either work together relationally through the mechanisms of the market, or we are, or become, the victims of the divide and conquer strategies of the elites. So long as the elites can put our assets at risk, they can control us. We are ruled through the our avarice or desire for physical wealth. To be free, we have to free ourselves of the levers by which the powerful control us, that is, our desire for free money. There is no way to escape being controlled by the political and economic elites if we remain partners and willing participants in the institutions they control. Political handouts in the form of public issued goods and services are the bait for the political trap by which we are enslaved. Exchanges are charitable organizations. Charities work on providing not just property but ownership. If one does not provide ownership, one is not fulfilling the real conditions of charity. Socialist institutions are based on power disparities and the creation of liabilities. To give and create debt is socialism. Socialism produces liabilities. The owner of record or title holder is only the titular head of most for-profit institutions. Often the CEO's power is nominal, the real power residing in the state or in a financial institution. The name on the manager's door misleads us as to who has the real power. If the property is at risk of loss, then it is not owned in the real sense of the word. A property hemmed in by liabilities is not a property that can be operated without many restraints constraining what can be done regarding it. Those who have the power to help also have the power to harm. The power to help is or creates a liability. The solution to a problem created by social division is not to attempt to achieve more power than one's competitors. This only makes you part of the problem and a source of further division. The solution to division is to divest oneself of at-risk property. Liabilities attached to property are the levers by which one is manipulated. We cannot embed ourselves in the institutions of this world and not become embedded in its web of control. It's not just a matter of doing things differently. We have to separate ourselves from the controlling levers of this world. Without going into detail about the errors that plague our ideas about ownership, as this has been dealt with in other places, we must recognize that personal ownership of the means of production creates liabilities and risk. Our understanding of ownership is flawed. To eliminate risk, we must replace conflict and at-risk ownership models with a populist model. The populist business model is referred to here as an exchange. The exchange represents the common interest all stakeholders have in the assets of their community. Exchanges represents the interest of all stakeholders, thus absorbing risk. Populists express this shared interest in the assets of their community by transferring ownership to an exchange. This gives the exchange power of attorney 
over the assets of a political jurisdiction, the pecuniary interests of all stakeholders are represented by the exchange. This eliminates risk for the community. Without risk, social division is not possible. Donations to the exchange can be compensated for using preferred shares drawn on the exchange. Preferred shares represent equity. Assets back the issue of preferred shares. These preferred shares are issued in multiples of one as are units of currency. Preferred shares are used as currency units by members. When buying goods and services from the exchange and its associated business units, members' debit account is decreased by the value of the purchase made. The ownership of a business can be transferred to the exchange or unused assets and labor can be donated to the exchange. Exchanges can be registered as not-for-profit charitable institutions helping people expunge debt. Registering exchanges as a not-for-profit allows them to issue charitable receipts for any donations of goods and services received. Charitable receipts may then be used to claim tax deductions if this is wished. Looking at the big picture, there are only two paths people can take operationally. The conventional path is and has been power-based and produces socialism and globalism. The basic premise of globalists is that might makes right. Power is not necessarily vented through raw physical strength. Financial muscle is also an option. The premise remains the same, whether economics, political jurisprudence, or religious authority is used. Financial institutions legitimize the activity of those with access to capital, as if access to capital was a sign of moral virtue. Any group of persons can form an exchange. When capital is donated to an exchange, the exchange becomes a financial institution. Members give the exchange the power of attorney over those assets donated. Members who donate assets receive credits for any value created for or assigned to the exchange. Preferred shares are used as payment for any goods or services received from the exchange. There is no exposure to risk because exchange absorbs all risk. A community represented by an exchange promotes local businesses because a community will preferentially use prefers the preferred shares currency when purchasing goods and services. There is no benefit to people being unemployed for it is in the community's best interest to make use of the skills and abilities found within the border of the membership. Exchanges transform the community into something like an economic island. If the community was an island, the members of the community would see it is in their best interest to contribute to the welfare of the whole body, and the community would see it would benefit the community to make the best possible use of all of its citizens. The only way to mitigate risk is by absorbing it into a common identity. Risk is created by conflicts over who owns what. Threats of loss are produced by competing claims over the same asset. A liability is produced by a counterclaim to something of value. To the holder of the claim, the other claimants to the same asset are viewed as liabilities. To mitigate risk and threats of loss, these liabilities and claims 
have to be liquidated and the asset transferred to a neutral agent who then serves as the administrator of the asset. Setting up an exchange was explained in the discussion on capitalizing an exchange. Commercial assets and surplus goods are allocated to the exchange. Assets of a particular kind are transferred. Each exchange specializes in a specific kind of business. The assets used by plumbers allocated to an exchange creates a plumbing exchange. Exchanges are set up through the transfer of assets focused on the supply of a particular and specific good or service. Second vehicles transferred to an exchange form a tax exchange and so on. Businesses are set up through the transfer of assets and labor. Donations are paid for by an issue of preferred shares. Five people who each own a taxi are in competition with each other. Each taxi represents a liability to the others, but five cars donated to an exchange creates a single business that has no risk because all the threats of loss have been incorporated into the exchange. Individual drivers now work for the exchange and are paid for the work they do. This goes for all commercial operations. Power relations that produce competition have been replaced by cooperative relationships and an economic model that rewards people for helping one another. Exchanges absorb risk and threats of loss and by this means they generate equality and common purpose. Populism is not about mass movements or mobs. Populism is about everyone helping each other in an accountable way. The exchange by use of preferred shares as a medium of exchange and the preservation of accountability absorbs all risk and threats of loss to create sustainable economies. Because exchanges absorb risk and threats of loss, the role and power of elites is eroded and the importance of populism is enhanced. By using the populist model, the threat posed by the globalist agenda is eliminated. Thank you for listening. We hope you will make use of our many other podcasts. Thank you.